Change most often starts quietly. An idea, a new perspective, a breakthrough in science or technology. As change progresses, noise from those resistant to this change and those that recognize its power will increase. Disruptive innovation is about change occurring now with roots that go back 17 years. My name is Hobie Johnson. Follow me as we expose an industry that is ripe for disruption. Do you remember the last time you actually went to a video store? <laughs> My name is Hobie Johnson, and today, talking about uh, disruptive innovation, um, I want to tell you about a gentleman by the name of David Cook. And David Cook, he uh, was in the software industry, and he opened up a video store in Dallas, Texas in uh, 1985. And uh, it was little unlike all the other stores. Um, he had about 8,000 videos as opposed to uh, the hundreds that, that normal stores. And business was good. And in, in a year's time, he had opened up uh, three more stores. So bear with me, I'm kind of, Looking at some notes here, but just I just want to get my story straight. Um, about 1988, uh, three major investors came, and uh, David Cook left the business. And uh, in that at that time, he had three stores, and all of a sudden, business took off. And next thing you know, there's 800 stores by the time 1988 had rolled around. Um, he had a lot of rapid growth, and so uh, by 1992, uh, there were 2,800 blockbuster stores. And then in 1994, Viacom entered the scene, and his the business exploded uh, after they purchased the business for uh, about uh, $8.4 billion. And... At that point, five years later, after they bought it, uh, it, it boomed up to 6,000 stores worldwide. So come around 1997, there's this guy named Reed Hastings, and he was pissed because he didn't want to pay a $40 late fee for his blockbuster videos that he had rented. And I'm sure that we've all experienced, except for the people that don't that have, don't, have not lived in the blockbuster world that only know Netflix or any other streaming media, we know that the, that there were, you know, late fees. You, you know, you'd be moments late and, you know, late fee here, late fee there. And they, and they certainly could add up depending on the stack of the videos that you had. So Reed Hastings got a little pissed about that $40, um, that, that $40 fee he was going to pay. And the idea came to mind that he had. And at that point... Netflix was introduced or came to formation. So uh, a friend of mine talks about uh, a mailman that he knows um, back before Netflix really started going. And he, he talks about, you know, how this mailman noticed that he was delivering these red envelopes to people. And um, in fact, I think I might even have saved one here. Uh, maybe I threw it out. 
Anyways, um, he noticed that these red envelopes, just kind of random, started showing up and the, the frequency became more and more. And it was one of those things where the, you know, the more it showed up, he, he started looking into it. And uh, anyways, so that's, we, we all know those red envelopes and that's really how, how it kind of got started. And so, you know, this, the, the idea of it came, started taking off slowly but surely. And um, still Blockbuster was the big boy on the block. And by 2000, Blockbuster, um, in 2000, Blockbuster had the chance to buy Netflix for $50 million. And they didn't. Think about that. So 2004 came along and Netflix was essentially at its peak. And at that point, they had about 9,000 stores worldwide. Big, big player. And at that point as well, Viacom decided to part ways with them. And Netflix decided, hey, you know, maybe we should try to open up a, maybe we should try to open up a, an online or start an online, you know, blockbuster online is what they called it. And it, you know, it didn't uh, do so well. Netflix had already gained traction. And this, that little idea of Netflix, yeah. And, uh, and that $50 million that they could have had, uh, anyways, started to become their demise. And so by, by 2005, they had lost about 75% of their market value. And in 2010, Blockbuster filed for bankruptcy. And then in 2011, Dish bought Blockbuster for uh, something like $380 million, somewhere around that range. And it just never, ever recovered. It never came back. Slowly but surely, blockbusters were closed around the world, and now today there is one blockbuster left, and that is three hours away in Bend, Oregon. Um, why Bend, Oregon? I have no idea. It still has about 4,000 customers uh, on its records, and people still go to visit. People, Some people go to visit to get movies. Other people go there to visit just for the novelty of blockbuster. It was a big deal. But this idea of Netflix took it out. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's crazy to think that, that that little idea, that little innovation disrupted an industry that seemed to be set in stone. That Blockbuster actually had the chance to do something about it, but yet they didn't. And we're seeing that in a lot of industries. You know, we talked about, you know, we talked about the Aussies. And how they um, how they came to knock the America's Cup out of the hands of the Americans after 132 years, and then we also looked at uh, this little idea of not being able to get a taxi cab at early in the morning in Paris, France, uh, by two gentlemen that turned into an industry that we know as Uber. That uh, that has changed the, the way taxi service and, and the way people uh, get around town um, globally. So Netflix definitely has its place in a disruptive history. And 
And there's so many others that, that, that are still out there and will continue to go on that path. And definitely there's an industry now that we're seeing that is, it's a small player, but this small player has a unique product. And this small player is relevant. And this small player has seen a, a way to use science and technology to benefit you, me, everybody. And it's something that is as common and is, is so perfectly positioned that it's going to disrupt a very big industry. Anyways, that is my video for the day, podcast, video, however you're getting this medium. And I'd like to know what your comments are and your questions might be. If you're interested in learning what this industry is, comment below, DM me. I'm easily found uh, Hobie at HobieJohnson.com. Whatever you find me, Facebook, wherever. Anyways, I hope you guys well, and I will see you tomorrow. Hey, thank you for checking out Disruptive Innovation. If you like what you hear, leave me a comment below, give me a like, give me a share. I'm always open for feedback. So until next time, be disruptive in your innovations.